This podcast is brought to you by Living Waters Church, Kyabram. You can visit us at www.lwkyabram.com. Navigate means an act of directing a ship or aircraft, etc., from one place to another, or the science of finding one way of getting from there to there. In modern terms, and this is the one I struggle with, it's an act of moving around a website or a computer screen. So we, we can navigate around a computer screen, so they tell me, but I've, I haven't been able to do that one yet. But yeah, there's three, three ways that we can navigate our way around the world. One is celestial. That is finding a way looking at the sun, the moon, the stars. You know, it's when I was a boy, you know, my dad showed me one night how to find my way using the Southern Cross. If you, you know, I used to get concerned about it because I hear about it, and, and sometimes it's over here, and then sometimes it's over here, and it's. And I said to Dad, "How, how does it always points north?" He said, "Well, you measure through it wherever it is, and that's the way you want to go." So we can do it by the stars and the moon. And I looked up some things, and, and in the old days they had these contraptions, these devices that the sailors and that used to use for navigating their way. It was all done with measurements and angles and all the rest of it. But somebody was brainy enough to work all that out. And they used to find their way around using those things. But when you're looking at the stars and the moon, it wasn't all that good when it was a cloudy night. That didn't work real good. So then that's why they built lighthouses on those areas of the land where there were rocks and the ships, the captain would see that the lighthouse and he would know that this is not a place to come into port. This is a rocky shore. So it showed them to keep out wide. And there's also we, another way is maps and compass. You know, a compass is a magnetised needle which always points to north. When I was in the army, we had some experiences um, with those things. You know, was, we, we got, I don't say we got lost, we, we got lost a few times. But the one time that we were in the section and our section leader was reading his compass like this as we're going, and we, were, we weren't very far off course to start with, but when we got to where we were going, we were miles off course. But what he was doing, he had his rifle hung over his shoulder and because it's a metal rifle, it was pulling the needle a little bit toward his rifle. He had forgotten that they told us to sit your rifle down and go into this open ground and then find your way. So, But you'd just be a little bit off, but when you get way down the road, you're a long way off. You know, it was once we went out, I really enjoyed it actually because it was in section of 10, they put us in a helicopter at, in the bush down at Pucker, took us right out of the bush, dropped us off in sections of 10, and just with a, a map and a compass had to find our way back. We had a three-day ration pack, I think, and all we had was the map. We, they, went, they didn't tell us where we were. We picked up in the helicopter, took away out in the bush and dropped off, but we had to work out from the hills and, and all that sort of thing on the map and then work out how to get back. And it was really good. I, I really enjoyed that. And the other one is the new system, the GPS. We've got that now. We've got that system, Global Positioning System. They are signals that are sent down from the satellite, picked up with a receiver, even our mo mobile phones. So 
It's a whole new way of doing it, and it's extremely accurate most of the time. Yeah, <laughs> makes it easier to get around. I, I know how much relief it was when they came out with a street directory for Melbourne. It made going to Melbourne just so much easier because we had a street directory that was actually right. You could follow it, and the street signs actually improved over time. So we've had all these improvements over time that have made it easier for getting around, which reminds me, there's a fun day coming up, family day. We're going to do a car rally for the church. 22nd of October, that's the same thing. You'll just get a list of instructions and off you go. Where you end up, nobody knows. You'll, <laughs> you'll miss out on the picnic if you get it wrong. Yeah, so that's coming up October. So that'll, that'll test out your navigational skills. But the thing is, you know, we've had all these devices for getting us around, around the world, but how can we navigate the course of life? That's more important than find our way around the world. How can we know what's the right way to go? You know, we know all about in the world, we know all about these devices we can use, but what about the device of finding our way in life? Let's turn to Psalm 119, verse 105. Well-known well known verse, 19, verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your word, God's word, our roadmap for life. It's the way that lights it up for us, which way to go. He shows us the way through his word. God's word's the only way, the only sure way of knowing which way to go in life. You know, as we grow up in life, we, we pick up many things from our family, from our parents, school teachers, buddies, government leaders. All of those things create a, a culture or a learning in our lives. But are they, are they in tune with God's way? Are they in tune with where we should be going? And one of the things I learned early on when I got married and had children was I hadn't followed God's way of how to raise kids. And so what you do, you raise your children from out of the culture that you know or you've learnt along the way. And sometimes I think back now, I think, I wish I had have read this more thoroughly before I started having family, so then I might have done a few more things the way I should have. But God's faithful and true in all of that. He helps us, he forgives us for the mistakes we make, and puts us in the right track. You know, we had a, a minister once out there at um, Rushworth and Stanhope, and in her training to be a minister, she did a child-raising or a child-raising course as part of her ministry. And she thought that would be really good when she has her family, but also to help the young mums in the church. Come the time when she did have her first child and the child grew, in the end, her books, her studies went in the bin. Her child just didn't fit the mould. You know, sometimes the world thinks they know more than what God knows. So she went back to the scriptures. She said that, you know, the experts had some good ideas, but for some reason her child just didn't fit that. But she got through. But that's what we do sometimes. You know, we, we tend to follow other things and we, we don't use what God's given us in his word. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 3, another well-known scripture. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and verse 6. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight 
He will make your paths straight. You know, this is teaching us not to lean on our own understanding. You know, sometimes we think we know it all, but God's telling us not to trust in that. Come and lean on him because he knows the proper way. He knows the beginning from the end. So therefore we need to acknowledge him to lead us, to guide us, to make those decisions and those directions in life that will guide us in the way that we should go. We can only do this when we're in fellowship with our Father in heaven, only in constant fellowship with him, reading his word, praying and meditating on his word and then being obedient to what he's teaching us. Now the scripture said that we don't want to be just hearers of the word, only we want to be hearers and doers. And that was one of the mistakes I made. You know, I went to Sunday school, I went to church, knew, knew the word, but I wasn't practicing, I wasn't doing it. But that makes the difference. It's not being just a hearer, we need to be doers also, to be faithful in what God has called us to do. The Lord said to King David, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Now here's a promise from God to King David that God will guide him with his eye because King David knew he'd messed up big time. But he confessed his sin. God forgave him, raised him back, put him back on track and then he gave him this promise that he will guide him with his eye. His clear sight and discernment of where he should go. That's found in Psalm 32. God raised him up and set him back on the right pathway. Now, when I read that, what great encouragement that is for us, you know, because we all mess up. The scripture said that we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We all need a saviour. We all need forgiveness for our sins. The only way we can do that is to confess our sins and receive the cleansing and the renewing of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Only the blood of Jesus can deliver us from all sin. Only the blood of Jesus. Through believing in him, doing what King David did, repenting of his sin, confessing his sin, and coming and bowing before God. When we do that at the bottom of our heart, when we really mean that, we are saved. We are forgiven. The psalmist said, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ear is open to their cry. It means he, he hears our prayer. When we cry from our heart, he hears that cry. He hears that forgiveness, that, that cry of mercy, and he forgives us. And he said that his eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. Yeah, how can we be righteous? How can we say that the eyes of the Lord are on me if, if, if it's, I'm to be righteous? I can only be righteous through the blood of Jesus. It's only through Christ and him in us that makes us righteous. He takes our filthy rags and puts his robe of righteousness around us. So we are righteous by the blood of Jesus and the infilling of his Holy Spirit. Then I know that his eyes are on me, not because of what I've done, but it's because him in me. That's the encouragement that I have. Jesus in me is the righteousness of God. We're righteous through Christ, and then he hears our prayers, which gives us confidence, confidence that we know that God is with us 
If we trust in the Lord, we know that he will guide us. The word of God says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not utterly be cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. You know, just because we're Christians, it doesn't mean that we're not going to stumble and fall. Even though we know that if we do, God's hand is with us, he lifts us back up because his promise is sure, his promise is true. So yes, we know the Lord's with us, but sometimes we do stumble and fall. I've heard that some people have lost their way because they have been told wrongly or maybe they misunderstood that when you give your heart to Jesus that you'll have no more troubles and they've given up because they've run in headlong into something and it's, it's caused them to just lose faith because they thought that once they gave their life to Christ that all my stripes, all my troubles are over, I'm going to live a healthy, wealthy, wealthy in life. And when it didn't happen, they lost their way. Now that's maybe they've been told that wrongly or maybe they misunderstood, I don't know. But the thing is, Jesus said, in this world, when you follow me, you will have troubles. There's things in this world that are totally working against us. There's, there's a lot of opposition at the moment against anything that's Christian. So if we're going to be true followers of Christ, we're going to be assured we're going to face opposition. There's going to be things coming against us, but we need to stand strong. All of those distractions, even though they might be many, they're just trying to get us off course. They're trying to get us to, to draw away from following after the Lord Jesus Christ. But then G Jesus finished that, that verse in John, said to be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. So even though the world is trying to defeat us, trying to get us off course, Jesus said be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. So we just need to put our trust and our faith in Jesus. We need to keep our compass, our life compass, pointing to Jesus. Fix our eyes on Jesus and his word. You know, years ago I had a, three of my friends out there, they went to Surface Paradise one year for a holiday when, during the, the wintertime when the cows are nearly all out. And So these three young blokes all went off together to, this, to have a holiday in Surface. It was at that time when there was what they had, these um, meter maids that used to walk around in bikinis and they'd put money, I think, in, the, in, your, in your meter, yeah. But the funny thing that happened, the three of them walked down the street and a couple of the meter maids walked past and one of the guys, his eyes followed the meter maids and he walked into one of the light posts. <laughs> He never heard the end of that for quite a while. <laughs> the moral of the story is look where you're going. And the same in the spiritual life, keep our eyes on Jesus. There's so many distractions, so many things trying to get us off course. Keep our focus on Jesus. But in, those, in the old days, in those ships, when the ship set sail for another port, it was a captain who mapped out the course. He mapped it out. He had a navigator that would help him do that. And all the sailors on that ship had no say in that. Their job was to just do what they were paid to do, just to be on the ship, do their job. Where the ship ended up, who knows? It wasn't up to them to decide that. They had no choice in that. But, you know, in life, we've got a choice in which way we go in life. It's a choice that we can make because we too can do life. We can just drift. 
We can just go each day, go about life. We drift a bit this way, we drift a bit that way, we're led by this person, we're led by that teaching or that culture, we're just, and we're just drifting through life, got no real, no real purpose, no real meaning. But the scripture said that the blind leading the blind, they both end up in the ditch. And that's been a scripture that I've, I've looked at it a few times. I thought, how true that that is. If we don't follow the right pathway, even though we might be following someone, how do we know that someone isn't blind like, like we are ourselves? The question is, is that how you want to do life? Just going through life with no direction, no purpose? I don't. I want my life to have purpose. I want my life to have some sort of meaning that I can show someone the way to Jesus, that we can have a, a good impact, we can be a good influencer for good to those around us. I don't want to just drift through life. I want my life to have purpose, real purpose, because God has a plan and a purpose for all people. That's why we need to follow Jesus, follow his course for our lives. But unlike those sailors who had no choice, we have a choice. I can choose to do it my way or I can choose to do it God's way. That's a choice that we all have. You know, even as Christians, we, we face storms in life. Things don't always go the way that we think. But in those storms, our compass always works. No matter what's going on, we have that peace in our heart that Jesus is in the boat with us. Jesus is in, the, is, is in our lives and he is guiding us and his peace, his comfort is with us in the midst of the storm. Our compass still works no matter what the storm is. Not like in those ships of the old days when the storm was raging and the sky was dark, they had no idea. Their compass and all their devices were no good to them because they were in the storm. But we have the peace of God in our hearts. You know, Paul, he faced a lot of storms in his life. He went through a lot of trials, a lot of heartache, a lot of disappointments, but his faith never failed because he was always prepared to suffer for Jesus. That was his whole calling on life, was to prepare, was to take the good news of the gospel into all the world. No matter what opposition he faced, he was prepared to do what it took and he was prepared to even lay down his life if he needed to because his calling was to take the good news into all the world. And you know, this is the same calling on our lives. We too are called to take the good news of the gospel into all the world. An old song that goes, with Christ in my vessel, I can smile at the storm till he leads me home. And that's where our navigation is from when we're born to where we're going Christ, with Christ in our vessel, he's going to give us that direction and that peace till he takes us home. That's where we want to be. So can I ask this question, who's navigating your life? Is it someone or something that you can trust in? You need to know because the, the consequences of getting it wrong are extremely important. Just like out in the bush with that compass that was just a little bit off. You know, it might be just a little bit off. Oh, yeah, that. I can do that. I know it's not really right, but it won't hurt. And you get a little bit further and a little bit further, and one day we realise we're away off course. We need to stay on course. We need to follow his word, his roadmap. In the world we have North Pole and the South Pole. The compass will guide us according to which direction we go. The, the, the compass will always take us to the North Pole. 
It's like in the spirit. There's two, two directions, that way or that way, two destinations. One is called, one is in heaven with God in his kingdom and the other one is in hell with eternal destruction. That's the two destinations. God has given us his road map for life, his word, and he's given us the compass through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will always point us to Jesus. His word, his spirit pointing us to Jesus, and that's where we need to be. Let's look at scripture in Luke, Luke chapter 13, verses 22 to 30. 22 to 30, Luke chapter 13. Then Jesus went through the towns, villages, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? And he said to them, make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I don't know you or where you've come from. Then you will say, We ate and drank with you and you taught in our streets. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you've come from. Away from me, you evildoers. There will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth. When you see Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets of the kingdom of God, but you yourselves thrown out. People will come from the east and the west and the north and the south and will take their place at the feast in the kingdom of God. Indeed, there are those who are last who will be first and first who will be last. Like I say, the consequences are pretty disastrous if you get it wrong. God has a plan for our lives. It's up to us to walk in it. He's given us his word. He's given us his way. He's given us his spirit. It's up to us to do it. We have a choice. Don't let the enemy knock us off course. Check your roadmap. Make sure your compass is pointing to Jesus. Now, when we get words or we get people saying things to us, make sure we check it with the word that it's accurate. A lot of people have a lot of things to say. A lot of people have points of view and that sort of thing, opinions. Check it with the word. Let it line up with his word. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you so that you know this is this person's, what, what this person is saying to me or what this person is leading me is, is okay because it's lining up. Don't, don't let the enemy knock us off course. Proverbs 2.8 says that God guards the paths of justice and preserves the way of saints. He guards the path of those who are justified or justice and he preserves the way of the saints. So we've got a God who is working for us. He's guiding us. He's preserving that way for us to go. On the other hand, verse 13, for those who leave the paths of uprightness, and walk in the ways of darkness. So if anyone who decides they're going to get off the path that God's planned for them and go their own way, they'll be walking in darkness. It's pretty hard to walk in the dark when you haven't got a light. That light is Christ. So don't get off the pathway. Stay on the path that God has for us. Now these two verses in the Proverbs, they are two contrasts, like the North Pole and the South Pole. They are two contrasting um, words uh, or opinions. 
And we see that all through the Proverbs. Go this way, this is what can happen. Go this way, and this is what can happen. You choose. It's just like what Jesus said. We've got a choice. We come to that crossroad. That's the wide road leading to the wide gate. Many travel on it. This is the narrow way that leads to the narrow gate, and few pass through it. We have to choose. Everybody comes to that crossroad. Which way are you going to choose? All through Scripture, we see the battle between good and evil. Pretty much every movie I've watched, good guys against the bad guys. Even in animated ones, good movies, bad movies, nearly always about good guys and bad. And I've seen that many of them now. I seem to know who's going to win at the end of it. But you've got to watch it through because it starts off, you see it, and then all of a sudden the good guys really get under the pump and it looks like the good guys are going to lose. But in your head, you know, and that, that, that doesn't fit. You know, and right at the end, the good guys come through. And that's what it's like. It's always about good against evil. But, you know, when the, the battle between God and Satan, the battle's already been won. You know, there's times when you think, you know, God's winning a little bit. No, now Satan's winning, you know, and it's towing and froing. It's not. The battle's already been won. Jesus defeated Satan on the cross of Calvary. We walk in that victory. We have that victory. So we don't have to be concerned about that. Our concern is how can we take the good news to the lost? How can we be a good light bearer for those in the dark world? That's what we have to be concerned about. How can we reach those ones with the good news? In the, in the scripture, all through scripture, we see that battle that Jesus has won. Our choice is which road will we take? The narrow one that leads to, he to heaven or the wide one that leads to hell. I'd just like to finish off with a couple of readings. One is from Deuteronomy chapter 30. We read this one this morning in our, in our life um, scripture readings. In uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 11 to 20, the offer of life or death. This was M Moses talking to the Jews just before they were to enter into the promised land. He just set out all through the, the, the chapters there before, the right way or the wrong way. Blessing or cursing. Do this, you'll be blessed. Do that, you'll be cursed. And then Moses finished off here in chapter 30. When all of these blessings and curses I have set before you come upon you and you take them to heart, wherever the Lord your God disperses you among the nations, and when you and your children return to the Lord your God and obey him with all your heart, with all your soul, according to everything I command you today, then your Lord your God will restore your fortunes and have compassion on you and you'll get, gather you again from all the nations where he scattered you. Which we know what happened, yeah, they did. They disobeyed what God had told them, what Moses had put before them. Enemies came and they were scattered throughout the world. But God's promise was that he would restore them when their heart was again turned back to God. And even if you've been banished to the foremost distant land under the heavens, from there the Lord your God will gather you and bring you back. He will bring you to the land that belonged to your fathers and you will take possession of it. He will make you more prosperous and numerous than your fathers. The Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants, so that you may love him with all your heart, with all your soul, 
and live. The Lord your God will put all these curses on you, enemies who hate you and persecute you. You will again obey the Lord and follow his commands. The Lord is with you. The Lord your God will make you most prosperous in all the work of your hands and in the fruit of your womb, the young livestock and the crops in your land. The Lord will again delight in you and make you prosperous just as he delighted in your fathers. If you obey the Lord your God and keep his commands and degrees that are written in this book of the law and turn to the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. Now, what I'm commanding you today is not too difficult for you to be on your reach. It is not up in heaven so that you have to ask who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it, nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it that we may obey it. No, the word is very near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart that you may obey it. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in all of his ways and keep his commandments, degrees and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in all the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, hold fast to him, for the Lord your God is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham and Isaac. If we just turn over to Romans chapter 10, the Apostle Paul used that scripture from Deuteronomy in Romans 10. Romans 10, 5 to 13, Moses describes in this way the righteousness that is by the law. The man who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that is by faith says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what shall I say? The word is near you, it is in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we are professing, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are satisfied, justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's a great promise to us. 
when we come to that crossroad because of what the Word of God's taught us, because what the Holy Spirit is revealing to us, we can make the right choice. Choose life. It's the choice we have. Everyone has to make it. We can't do it corporately. We can't do it as a family. It's an individual decision. Everybody must make that choice. Choose today life in Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your precious word. We thank you, Jesus, that you made that way possible for us to follow you. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you, by that illuminating power that you have, that you can reveal to us the truth of God's word and make it known to us so that we can make a wise choice. And I pray, Lord, that everyone this day, Lord, will choose life in you because you died on that cross that all would come to sin, come to salvation. There's not a sinner that you cannot save. We thank you for your precious blood, Jesus. Your blood cleanses the foulest of sin. We thank you for your amazing grace. We thank you for your mercy and your goodness, that you've seen us in our degradation, you've seen us in our lost state, and you didn't want to leave us there. You came to us and you revealed to us the truth of your word. And so, Father, I thank you for that. And I pray, Lord, that people will just bow the knee to you, open their hearts to you, and be set free through the precious blood of Jesus. And to you, Lord, we will give all the praise and all the glory. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast from Living Waters Church, Kyabra. Don't forget, you can find us at www.lwkyabram.com.